Hello and welcome to The Change Code. This is Michael Dugan and thank you for listening to The Lock and the Key. The Lock and the Key was created in about 2004 and it magically came together. I had went into a recording studio and I recorded it and then I had a friend named Christopher Schneider and he put the music in back of it and Christopher is just a gifted, gifted musician who self-taught and he graciously did that. And then the album cover at the time, that was back in the days that we had these things called CDs, it was had the planet Earth on it with a butterfly over the planet Earth. Now the butterfly had perfect replicas of owl eyes on butterfly wings and that's something that I learned from a uh, mentor and friend named Eric Pepin and, and he had he had taught about owl eyes on butterfly wings and how there's this owl in the Amazon forest that has perfect replicas of owl eyes on its wings. And there's a bird that eats the butterfly and the bird that eats the butterfly gets eaten by an owl. So when the butterfly is flying, the bird can eat the butterfly, but when the butterfly is sitting there stagnant, it looks like the head of an owl. And what Eric said was, what kind of genius, what kind of intelligence has the intelligence to put perfect replicas of owl eyes on butterflies' wings? (laughs) And you can call it whatever you want to call it, but you know, it's definitely an intelligence there that is marvelous, miraculous, and beyond human uh, comprehension. And for me, owl eyes and butterfly wings means everything happens for a reason. Now, if that's true, let's not say it is true. Let's say if that's true, you're listening to me right now. Every thought in your head is owl eyes on butterfly wings. And so for me, when I put that butterfly over the planet Earth and owl eyes on butterfly wings, for me, I don't know, it symbolizes that hopefully we... I'm enlisting you, (laughs) can help the planet. And as a trainer for 20 years now and training people, uh, luckily all over this country, and a lot of the people in this country come from different countries, I believe in energy. And I believe in positive energy and I believe in negative energy. And a saying I've said for years is the person with the most energy wins. And I don't think there's anything wrong with negative energy. Negative energy is a necessity because without negative energy, positive energy would never do anything. Oftentimes it's the pain that makes us grow, it's the pain that makes us move. But there's a balance of energy, it's the yin and the yang, if you will. And in my perspective, the planet's out of balance right now. So I embrace positive energy or positive energy being the energy that's the uplifting energy, the creative energy, the loving energy, the accepting energy, the inclusive energy, if you will, positive energy. And I choose to look at myself like I'm a warrior for positive energy. And I believe the planet needs positive energy warriors, people that choose to demonstrate being bigger than the situation, demonstrating being strong, And as a trainer, 
I talk about metaphors and the power of stories and, and how stories create an alpha state in the human brain. Because before we had the written word, we had stories. And you could tell a story and the story actually induces a brainwave state where we're hip, hypnotized. It's called an alpha state. And some people call it hypnotic selling with stories. And the stories are actually a memory technique and a close relative of a story is a metaphor, such as apples to oranges. And metaphors are just great ways to teach and great ways to get by barriers in people's minds. Oftentimes I'll use statistics and I'll say, none of my statistics are accurate, they're all metaphoric. And a statistic that I got from a guy named Joe Dispenza was that the average human brain loses its attention six to ten times per minute. But what that means is the average human brain loses its attention a lot, if you will, as an example of a metaphoric statistic. And metaphors, the metaphors we have, like if you can say life's a bitch and then you die, or, or you know, life's a challenge. The only thing true about life is death and taxes. For me, a metaphor for life is the game of life and kicking ass in the game of life. And whenever I do a training, I teach that little metaphor, kicking ass in the game of life. Now, why do I like that metaphor? Games for me are fun. And I wanna have fun with my life. Games can be challenging. You might not always win the game, but it doesn't mean that you can't go back and learn from that last game so that you win the next game. And when I talk about kicking ass, now that's kind of vague also. What does that mean? And I tell audiences that means whatever you want it to mean. For me, it means that when I die, when that day comes, I'm knocking on airwood right now, knock, knock, knock. On that day, if I have a bunch of regrets, I didn't kick ass. But if I have minimal regrets, well now I kicked ass. I kicked ass in the game of life. And the game of life is something that you want to understand. And the better you understand the game, the better you can play the game. And in all trainings, it, it comes down to awareness. And awareness equals understanding. So the more aware you are, the more you understand. And then the opposite of that is also true. The less aware you are, the less you understand. Understand. And in the military, they call it situational awareness. And if you're not aware in these certain situations, you could die. And so you want to have awareness. And the opposite of awareness is automation. And automation for me is somebody that doesn't have to think. It's somebody that's more robotic-like in how they live their lives because they do the same thing over and over and over again, but they don't know that they're doing the same thing over and over and over again. And I oftentimes draw a bell curve. And if you don't know what a bell curve is, it's an arc. And in the middle of the bell curve, you could say is most of the people on the planet Earth right now. 
and there's 8 billion of us at the time of this recording approximately so the majority of the people are in the middle of the bell curve and in today's market you don't want to be in the middle of the bell curve now if you're valuable enough they won't get rid of you or if you're valuable enough to the universe it won't get rid of you and this is where you want to learn to create contrast you want to be out at the edge of the bell curve instead of the middle of the bell curve. There's so many people in the middle of the bell curve, you're expendable. But if you're so valuable that you create contrast because you're not in the middle of the bell curve, you're less expendable. But in a challenging time, being valuable is not enough. You also have to be socially smooth. You have to have the ability to fit in. Because people, if they like you, they'll keep you employed. If they like you, they'll do what they can to take care of you. But you can be valuable, and if they don't like you, they can get rid of you. So valuable is not enough. Socially skilled is just as important as valuable. And in the game of life, you want to be valuable, and you want to be socially skilled. And this is awareness. You want to be a hyper-aware human being. Now, there was a movie that came out years ago, and it was called Idiocracy. And they had these two human beings that were perfect fives. In other words, 10 being the most attractive, and 10 being the most intelligent, and one being the least attractive, and one being the least intelligent. They found a man that was a perfect five, and a female that was a perfect five, and they put them in a, them in a time capsule, and 100 years later, they are the wealthiest human beings on the planet Earth. I mean, and the most intelligent, well, not the wealthiest. They were the most intelligent, and they were the, the best looking. <laughs> and they, what happened is the earth had gotten stupefied, if you will, idiocracy. And they talked about the people on the planet Earth, and they talked about how the people on the planet Earth, uh, basically the yuppies, young upwardly mobile people, that was an acronym from you know 20 years ago, but they came from the movie that was probably almost 20 years old now, that they had 1.3 children, but the white trailer trash would have 18 kids, so the world got taken over by the trailer trash. Now this is the movie, this isn't me. And then they wondered why the crops wouldn't grow, and the crops wouldn't grow because of their FINA Gatorade. So these people that were perfect fives went up and said, well, have you considered feeding it water? And, and they go, well, no, we haven't considered that. Gatorade, that quenches the thirst of champions or something like that. And I think um, uh, there was a boxer named Camacho, and, and he ended up being president of the United States. Idiocracy. Pretty funny movie. Now, recently on Netflix, there is a modern-day idiocracy called Don't Look Up with Leonardo DiCaprio about how there is this asteroid coming to hit the Earth, but the corporate greed decides to, well, I won't say, I don't want to give it away, but it's, it's a good, good show also. And the planet is not that aware right now. Now, this is simply my perspective. In my perspective, there's a lot of fake news and a lot of polarization going on the planet and a lot of separation going on the planet. There's machine learning going on. There's at the time of ChatGPT4, ChatGPT5, artificial intelligence and huge debates, country in a race for artificial intelligence. Dematerialization of businesses where businesses are becoming atomic. 
business disruptors, people that go in and they disrupt businesses and they take them digital. And there's also global warming, if you believe in that. Now, why do I believe in global warming? Gosh, probably 30 years ago, I read a book called The Coming Global Superstorm by a guy named Whitney Schreiber. And I read it and I thought, meh, kind of makes sense. They said that basically the North, Pole, the North Pole and the South Pole would start melting and then that fresh water would get induced into the jet stream that was a controlling factor of the weather and the salinated water and it changed the Gulf Stream which changed the weather. Well, in case you didn't know this, I grew up in Alaska and there's glaciers in Alaska and I worked in the Plumbers and Pipefitters Union for 20 years. And while working in the Plumbers and Pipefitters Union, we had, I'd work around glaciers and you could see the glaciers and you'd come back years later and they had been receded and they had been receded more. And then one day I read, I don't know what the magazine was, but it was some world magazine, kind of like National Geographic, and it was called Chasing Ice. And it was about a gentleman that had put time-lapse cameras all over the North Pole and the South Pole. Just every 15 seconds, they'd take a picture and, and showed the recession of the ice. And then there was a show on Netflix called Chasing Ice, I don't know how many years ago now, but I'll just guess 10 years ago, supporting the magazine article that I had read prior to that. And then the book, 30 years ago, The Coming Global Superstorm, plus the fact that I grew up in Alaska and we had a place called Portage Glacier that you used to be able to see the blue ice and you can't even see it anymore. And, and some people say it's cyclical, some people say it's man, maybe man has helped aggravate it. But whatever the reason is, we're having a lot of weather that's unique within hurricanes and hail and floods all over. And it'd be nice if we could come together and maybe talk about that. But we're so busy fighting, if you will. We're so busy talking about, you know, separating the United States, separating countries. Everybody's fighting for the power that we can't come together for some of these other things that maybe would be nice to come together for. And, you know, hopefully I'm not triggering you too much at this point, but if I am, every trigger is something you can learn from. <laughs> and we'll get more into that as we go. And so one of the things I say is that love is connection. And, and so say a love of my child is a connection with my child. The love of my dog is a connection with my dog. The love of my mate is a connection. And the higher your level of awareness, the more you can connect. The lower your level of awareness, the less you can connect. So let's just stay here for a moment. Now, what is the opposite of connection? Would that be separation? Would it? If love is connection, if love is connection, I'm not saying it is. For me, love is connection. That's some of love. What is separation? Would separation be hate? Now just stay with me, if you will. If love is connection and separation is hate, and now the higher your awareness, now let's talk about vibes for a second. Have you ever met somebody with a bad vibe? 
How much fun were they to hang out with? How much fun was it to have a simple conversation with this person? What about when you invited the person with a bad vibe to dinner? Did it impact the dinner conversation? For me, a vibe is a frequency. So awareness equals vibe equals frequency. And the more aware you are, the higher your vibe, the higher your frequency. So just like a radio station has a frequency, every human being has a frequency. So when I train a class, if we add up everybody's vibe and divide it by the number of people in the class, that becomes the classroom vibe or the classroom frequency. And everybody has a vibe. Everybody has a frequency. And for me, when you understand that awareness is frequency and the more aware you are, the more you understand, the more aware you are, the higher your frequency and the lower your awareness, the lower your frequency or the lower your vibe. Now, one is not better than the other. Let's go back to earlier in a conversation where I said there's good energy and there's bad energy. There's nothing wrong with bad energy. It just is. And good energy just is, but there's balances. And there can be a balance of good energy and a balance of of bad energy or an abundance of good energy or an abundance of bad energy, separation or connection, if you will. And with that being said, having the ability to understand that the bell curve of the planet might be a little bit more like the movie Idiocracy right now. I'm sorry. Or it might be a little bit like the movie Don't Look Up right now. I'm sorry. And the planet needs more awareness. It needs more understanding. It means a higher frequency. Now, who am I? Who am I to even think that maybe I can help this out? Well, I'm another guy with a podcast. That's who I am. But for me in my life, I look at like, where I came from and this isn't necessarily the podcast for that but I barely graduated from high school and my father introduced me to Norman Vincent Peale a man who had written a book called The Power of Positive Thinking and then took me to these five-day seminars and I started learning these skills that allowed me to accelerate in life and I started proving out these skills, and this is something that I'm going to talk about in the next podcast, but it's a scientific term where you prove things out. And the first thing I proved out as a young man was the phrase, always go the extra mile. And I went to work early and I noticed the boss noticed me. I stayed late and I noticed the boss noticed me. I stayed engaged all day long and I noticed the boss noticed me. And when they started laying off people, they kept me. And then I used this as a formula. Always go the extra mile. Now, did I say go the extra mile when you feel like it? No. I said always go the extra mile. Always go the extra mile. And what this does is, once again, this creates contrast. Because most human beings follow the path of least resistance the path of least resistance and water follows the path of least resistance electricity follows the path of least resistance and so do the neural pathways in your brain 
Now here's another of my metaphoric stats. 90 to 95% of our thoughts are the same thoughts day after day after day after day. And so the brain is not going to rewire itself every day. The brain is going to follow the deepest grooving path. Imagine you and me were in a helicopter and we were flying over the jungle and the helicopter went down and we survived. So now we have to make a path in the jungle. We make a path to the fresh water. We make a path to the coconuts. We make a path to the latrine. Yes, you need a latrine. We make a path to the a path to the shelter. And then we have this pathway to the water, to the coconuts, to the latrine, and to the shelter. After a while, we have a worn pathway, and none of us are survivalists, you and me. We're not really survivalists, I'm sorry. So we want to stay on the pathway because there could be snakes and scorpions, and we prefer to stay on the pathway. And the pathway is easier, and our brain does the same thing. The brain jumps on that neural pathway, and it follows that pathway. It might get triggered a little bit here, a little bit there, but the brain stays on that same pathway. So let's, pres let's presume that maybe that stat has some accuracy in it, that 90 to 95% of our thoughts are the same day after day after day. Well, if that is true, what is the other 5 to 10%? And that could be your awareness or your consciousness. And you want to empower that 5 to 10%. You want to make it the boss. So right now when I have audiences, I say, who's the boss? They go, I'm the boss. I say, who's the boss? They go, I'm the boss. I say, who's the boss? I'm the boss. And you want to make that 5 to 10% the boss over that neural pathway. Now there's a saying I learned years ago from a man named T. Harbecker, and years ago, in the 50s, a guy named Lester Levinson talked about it. It was called, how you do anything is how you do everything. How you do anything is how you do everything. And what this is, is that people are creatures of habit. If you talk negative about people here, you're probably talking negative about people everywhere. If you're a victim here, you're probably a victim there. If you're stoic here, you're probably stoic there. And if you're compassionate and considerate here, you're probably compassionate and considerate there. If you have a great work ethic here, you probably have a great work ethic there. How you do anything is how you do everything. So when I read, saw this in the seminar, I thought, huh, huh. Now everybody has cycles. Everybody has ups and downs. So your how you do anything is how you do everything is going to be different when you're up. And your how you do anything is how you do everything is going to be different when you're down. How you do anything is how you do everything. But basically, in my mind, there's a truth to this statement. How you do anything is how you do everything. Now, I'm claiming a couple addendums. Remember, what's this podcast called? The Change Code. How you do anything is how you do everything unless you choose to change. But what, how you do anything is how you do everything is a statement of automation. And that people, if, we, if you came with me right now and I said, I have a spaceship and we're going to fly above the earth and we looked at the earth. Now imagine, use your imagination. And you're looking at the earth or we're looking at the earth turning. And they say once an astronaut has seen the earth turning, their perspective has changed forever ever because they now look at it like it's one thing. And we see it spinning, and I say, see that earth spinning? You could say that's a habit. 
and see it going around the sun, that's another habit. Then we put a satellite right over your house and we probably see you get in your car and go to this location and then this location and then this location and then come back home and then do it again the next day and do it again the next day and do it again the next day and do it again the next day. And how you do anything is how you do everything. And people are very predictable, but they don't know that they're predictable. And they become automated. And they don't even know that they're automated. And one of the things that I share is that with awareness is understanding, I kind of show people that maybe they're not aware. And they might think they're aware, they might be smart, but they're not necessarily aware. And awareness is where we're going with this podcast. The more aware you are, the more you understand. And the less aware you are, the less you understand. The more aware you are, the better you can play the game of life. The less aware you are, the less you can play the game of life. Awareness is something that's critical for you and the survival of your career the survival of your family right now in this incredibly dynamic time we live on on earth where we're facing unprecedented change and you want to be aware so that you can be good with change because the more aware you are the better you'll do with change and the more automated you are the less you'll do with change because for me the opposite of awareness is automation And automation happens because of the brain's primary purpose. When I meet these people, I ask them, how many of you have trouble sleeping at night even though you're physically tired, physically exhausted, and you can't get your brain to be quiet? And I'd say 90% of the people raise their hands and say, that's me. I can't fall asleep at night because my brain, I can't get it to be quiet. And what I say to them, what that tells me is that perhaps you're not running your brain and your brain is running you. And this is what I'd say to my kid with my technology, with their technology. Do you own your technology or does your technology own you? Or do you run your emotions or do your emotions run you? Do you run your brain or is your brain running you? And this is what we're talking about. Are you really running your brain? Or is your brain really running you? Are you really running your emotions? Are your emotions running you? Are you making your own choices? Or are these automated, predictable choices? Awareness is understanding. If you want to help the planet Earth, Help yourself. Make yourself better. The earth becomes better. The more aware you are, the more aware the earth becomes. You matter. You make matter. Now here's another saying for you. How you do anything is how you do everything. And everything matters. And that includes you. Next podcast, we'll go more into the brain. And we'll start breaking down the brain. Hope to see you there. Take care.